This is the PitCast uh, quarantined edition. The date is August 8th, 2022. This is Matt Moss joined with special guest Nick View. Hi, Nick. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good. So the first question I want to ask, when was the last time you cracked open a twisted tea? When we left Milwaukee. Yeah? On the boat? Yeah. No, I cracked it in the morning. I took a swig of it. It was lukewarm and I dumped it and I left the rest of it there in the fridge for the owner. <laughs> and how many, how many twisted teas did you end up drinking on the weekend? A quarter of one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not hot, hop waters. I don't know. I think I drank half your box. Yeah, but. no. So, so hot water versus twisted tea. You're given, you, you're given the W to the hop water, huh? Hop water's got the edge over twisted tea. Yeah. Definitely. Twisted tea is, is absolutely rancid. Yeah. I, I got about two sips of one and then I'm like, I never want this to enter my body again for the rest of my life. No, it was bad. It tasted like medicine and like the aspartame taste from an energy drink mixed together. Yeah. That's I, the best way I could describe, describe it. It was awful. It was that sickening sweetness type taste. Yeah. That aspartame, that fake sweetener that made it just over the top gross. Didn't bother Grant though. No, he loved him. Uh, <laughs> he was he was getting twisted while we were aggressively hydrating. You know, <laughs> between Grant's twisted teas and his like sixty nine point six nine percent ABV coffee stouts expired flat beers from twenty sixteen. You know, I don't know what that guy's tastes are anymore. That twenty sixteen beer was rough. <laughs> What was worse, that or the twisted tea? I don't, I don't know, because that, because that tasted like straight up Robitussin. Yeah, was, <laughs> some questionable choices and some consequences were to come out of that weekend. I forgot we were drinking those because I got like, thank God for the, thank God for the hop water because I don't know for a while there when I started sweating, I was like, man, I started sweating. I think it was from that damn coffee stout. <laughs> Yeah, I said <laughs> I said you were sweating like a whore in church. Sipping on that syrup. But yeah, you those incandescent light bulbs at the Airbnb were just beaming down on you. <laughs> so for the for the viewers at home, Nick and we, we stayed this we'll I'll set up the whole weekend, but this is just whatever. We're kicking right off with story time. Tim was Tim was like are you all right, dude? You're a little bit lathered up. <laughs> I look over and like, you're just staring at your hand and beads of sweat are just pouring down the side of your head. I know my forearms are glistening. I was like, this is awful. What's going on? Well, it was a little, it was toasty in there because we were up on the fifth floor and you know, those industrial buildings with the big windows, they're not the most energy efficient. And and when I first got there, the, the host, the Airbnb guy was like, yeah, sorry, I forgot to turn on the AC for you earlier. It's going to take a while to cool down. It took a whole day to cool down. When we got in there, it was like, you know, 79, 80 degrees. So, yeah, a couple yeah, was of twisted that, tees and you were all lathered up. Was that was that place all Airbnb or were there people that lived there too? So, it was one gal that owns the whole building. The first four floors were like, event spaces and offices and galleries and assorted bougie items. And then the top layer were loft apartments, all that she, I think just rented them all out as Airbnb. Well, because the last night it was a goddamn wedding going on downstairs. We rolled yeah. up to the parking lot. And yeah. There was a bunch of freaking tuxedo dudes out front. We were like, yeah. what? What's going on here? 
Yeah, tuxedos versus backpacks. That's what that was. In a dank alley. Like, otherwise, yeah. you went with a, with a bogus-ass American flag on the edge of the parking thing. Yeah. It was it was a cool spot, though. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, okay, so... So we got to back up, huh? Yeah, we'll back it up a little bit. The goal for this chat is we're going to recap Grant Castleton Presents Cream City Con in Milwaukee. It was uh, July 3rd. 30th so last week and not last the last couple weeks of or the last week has felt like a time warp for me right so yeah it's only like eight days ago um and so yeah it was a 93 94 old school um just a nice plain jane old school event ec rules it was uh 25 players um it was a charity and now it's the the name of the beneficiary is escaping me it's somebody i think that grant knew through the Boy, I don't, I don't want to misstate it. So it's just somebody Grant knew. <laughs> Good enough no, I think, explanation. I think it, was a, it was an official charity. I, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. was so it? I have the receipt in my Gmail. Yeah. But yeah, I think he I think he had an idea for it. Then he just threw <laughs> out, well, let's just give to this. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I could look it up, but I won't. So, but suffice yeah, it to yeah. say, you know, another old school charity event, 25 players. Um, it was at a place called Stenny's in Milwaukee. Great venue, I thought, for an old school tournament. They had a nice kind of out pseudo outdoor covered outdoor beer garden type space that um, we had, I think reserved for ourselves. Um, and it was great. It was a bunch of Chicago guys drove up a um, lot of uh, good to see a lot of Wisconsin people. We had a couple of uh, legends of yesteryear return to the ring. Uh, and then we had a few stalwart sea dogs yourself included Mr. View uh mm -hmm. take the boat across lake michigan why don't you set that up yeah that was really that was something we thought about driving when i first heard of that then i was like wait a second we've got a ferry that goes across there how cool it would it be to go to a magic event by boat and yeah they got the they got two of them one's like a seven hour voyage and the other one's like a two and a half hour voyage so i got a hold of uh I got a hold of some Michigan guys and Ben and Ben and Andy were thinking about it. Then I was like, Hey Ben, I think we're going to go in. A, I think we're going to go via war barge. <laughs> he goes for real. He goes, Oh, I'm in. So like that sealed the deal for him right there. And even my wife was like, you're going to go to a magic tournament in Milwaukee. Or I'm like, it's not even a tournament. It's like a gathering. It's just a thing. And she it was, was like, a tournament. We did five rounds. Tournament. Yeah. And I was like, where, I was like, are you going to, she, I was like, yeah, but I'm going to go by boat. And she was all jacked about it. She's like, I've never taken that before. Yeah. So yeah, we, we took the Lake Express across. Um, it was a really cool experience. Like it was a super, you know, for the most part, it was a smooth ride. We played, uh, we played magic and hung out on the way there and the way back. Um, so how, and, how let, let, let me ask a couple questions. So yeah, how big ahead. is the, how big is the boat and how many people are on it? And like, is this a regular thing that people commute via boat from what was it? Grand Rapids, Muskegon. Muskegon. It goes from Muskegon to Milwaukee and back. And it's a pretty big, I don't know if you're familiar at all with the Mackinac Island ferries um, that go to Mackinac Island and from, uh, from like St. Agnes or from Mackinac city. Uh, and I was around that all my life. So I was comparing it to that, but um, those are just normal passenger ferries. This one actually had like motorcycles and cars and, like it was a pretty big vessel, I would say. Like I don't know how many people were on it, but it was a capacity. It was a capacity freaking ride. Like at the and on the way back too, they had the whole thing was full. It was hard to get a seat. 
So we were lucky to get like a table. They had on the inside and the second, they had three decks. And the second deck is where everybody was. You could go up on the, on the top deck, which was super windy and nobody really went up there. But the second deck is where everything was. And they had like a cafeteria and like all these tables and benches and, and nice seats. And I mean, it was like, I don't know. It felt like a fly-in almost. I mean, it was just a super, and plus there's like, since it's a big catam- big, a huge catamaran, it, there's like no movement at all. In fact, when we took off, we didn't, we were tripping out because we didn't even know we were moving. And we looked outside the window and everything was moving. <laughs> um, and then of course, when we got in the middle of the lake, all that we lost all internet and it got choppy and, and we went dark for a little while for at least an hour and then arrived and, and it was a good time, man, but I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, so it's like weekend commuters <clears throat> that use this. Well, yeah, that and trips. I think a lot of people that were going there this time were trips. Like they were going like his all the stuff that was going on in Milwaukee that weekend. There was sure. a whole bunch of motorcyclers. Um, but yeah, I think people commute on it too. It's pretty expensive commute though. That's like a two hundred dollar ticket. Oh, okay. You know? And even more if you're gonna yeah, you're probably looking at two fifty to get your car over there. So it's probably more like a thing. I don't know. Um, of course with gas, that might just be cheaper. Yeah. Who knows, <laughs> who knows anymore? Right. Um, but it was pretty cool. And I mean, it, it's just right outside of downtown when you get there. Yeah. Um, and then Grant picked you guys up. He did. We didn't think he was coming. <laughs> <laughs> he was giving us the old, well, I don't know if this guy can cover blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'll be there in 30. And, yeah. uh, I got to give Grant credit. He was a really gracious host, actually. He uh, especially he that grilled that dinner right at his house. Yeah. <laughs> so he picks us up. We all slam into his ride. Me, Ben, Andy, and him. And he's like, "I don't know what we should do. We, there's not really anything to do right now. Um, <laughs> I, we got nothing planned." And so he actually took us to a really sweet bar on the river, uh, brew pub, and we hung out there on the river for a while, like underneath the old rickety cool looking steel bridges and all the stuff like that i i've never really spent any time on the river there in milwaukee and it's it's tight but the whole place really reminded me of grand rapids it's a lot it's a really similar vibe um even with the market like we got a market too. the 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 harbor the river like everything was really beachfronts just like grand haven's beachfront so it was really cool um but after that we were like what do we do now and grant's like let's get ice cream So Grant took us to the beach where apparently on the Milwaukee beach bit front there, you can just buy beer and ice cream and food and all kinds of stuff. So there was this packed beach and we just got super big ice cream cones and just walked down the beach, except for Ben who went way the hell out in the middle of the water. I don't know where he was going, but uh, it was pretty sweet, man. Um, that was, that was a really cool thing. I, uh, we had a lot of fun and then, then he dropped us off at our haunted broke ass B and B. Yeah. I, so I, I've done the whole thing, like taking a train, like commuting to a, a magic tournament via train and then playing magic on the train, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, I got to hand it to you doing it via boat. You know, that's just a whole nother level, man, going on See, the I, sea. Well, and that set me up because now if I take the train next, I've got the slam for the year. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be plane, train, automobile, boat. There's everything. I have the whole thing in one year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about that. So I hope nothing happens there. Um, 
but yeah, the boat thing, I would do it again in a heartbeat if he had it again. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. We played a lot of magic on the way back. Um, the way there, we were just stoked to be on the boat. But, oh yeah. I mean, Oh, I, I really hope Grant does that event again. Cause I thought it was great. I thought it was, uh, it, he ran it smoothly. It was the perfect size. Uh, yeah. you know, Milwaukee's a great town to visit for a couple of days. You know, there's so there's, it's just a nice little place. It's, it's a little bit more, um, relaxed than Chicago. Oh, totally. So it's got, like I said, it, it sprawls like Grand Rapids a little bit, like in downtown, super chill. Yeah. So just a lot of people walking around, even with festivals, it seemed really chill. Yeah. And, you know, it helped that we were able to spend, you know, the, the Airbnb that I'd lined up was just perfect size for hosting people. Uh, so Friday night, we all met up. Why don't you set up your uh, haunted Airbnb first, and then we'll get into the games of chaos. So I went. So I went in a little bit different direction than you did on the Airbnb. Of course, I didn't really didn't pay attention to the fact that you had this sick loft. Like, yeah, I, I didn't know those things were there. But I was looking for like budget accommodations because I didn't know who was going to go. Well, you had to spend. First. You had to spend a two for a two hundred dollar uh, exactly boat ticket too, right? You're already so, in. Right. Right. So this is the funny part about this is we were on kind of like Grant described it as a weird part of town. And it is because it's like Milwaukee is super segregated, kind of known for it, I guess, in the U.S. And it's got pockets of neighborhoods that are just one whole neighborhood will be Asian Americans. One will be African Americans. One will be Latino Americans, Latinx, you know, they're all kinds of stuff. One will be Caucasian. So they're all kind of mixed. And we were definitely in the African-American neighborhood and stuck out. So you stood out. And yeah, we did. And so when I looked up this Airbnb, the inside looked really cool. I'm like 78 bucks a night. This looks really nice for 78 bucks a night. And then when I plugged in the. uh, Does that include tax? (laughs) I don't when I But the funny part is when I when I plugged in, I didn't even think about it. I booked it. And this was a month or so in advance. Well, I plugged in the actual, somebody wanted to know, Quail wanted to know, because he was driving in to stay with us. He wanted to know where it was. So I'm looking for the directions to this place. And I click on their Google Maps link. And it's this rundown crack house (laughs) all boarded up. And I'm like, I made a mistake. I got to get to the bottom of this. And they pretty much it was this old crappy house this dude renovated that google maps had not caught up to yet Poor so guy. It, so this is like legit like an abandoned crack house that they just like put together and it's it's they they renovated the inside the outside still wasn't great but it's an old house and whatever so we get there and i'm like there's like three, there's two doors with like two locks per door. I have all these instructions for all these keys and the windows are boarded up, not boarded up, but you know, barred up. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh God, this is crazy. There's a shady drive. Like you can park in and there's a car there. So we're like, there's not supposed to be a car there. So I don't know what's up with that. And so we roll in and we're like there's nothing this place is pretty stark like they only had a few things like you had all these accoutrements like in there like you had all these you had all these snacks and stuff right 
we had a broke ass coffee pot. The the first time I tried to make a coffee, a cup of coffee out of it, it overflowed and and I had no idea out of where and all over the place. And the coffee pot was cracked in like two. So I just picked all that shit up. And then there was a bunch of instant packets that were all dried up. <laughs> so we so we were like, wow, there's nothing in here. Air conditioning unit was out in the middle of the room via like a hose. And the instructions were like not to run it if you weren't there. And like all this stuff. Dude, it was a empty, empty fridge, nothing in it except three waters. <laughs> I mean, like just enough towels. Like it was, it was just like crazy. And we were supposed to have a um a pump up bed for Andrew. Um, what I thought, but nothing was in the nothing was in the closet but an empty box. <laughs> <laughs> they psyched you out with the so extra it, bed well i think when it asked me how many guests there would be i i i it, or i said me and i said three guests thinking it was me and three guests yeah still their broke asses could have left the thing in the closet they didn't have to take it with them just because we weren't staying so people must be jacking their blow-up beds for some reason <laughs> So there's nothing. So Andrew sleeps on the, on the couch the entire time. And, uh, I felt a little bit bad about that, but yeah, dude, it was, it was so the funny part though, aside from all of this is that when we go to leave, we were all, we, all these dudes with backpacks, we look like total, just freaking just total nerds. So we all roll out these backpacks and we're crossing the street and some black Escalade comes cruising up this SUV and just bumping and flat. And, and we're like, oh, shit, we better run across the street. And then he flashes us and then yells out the window and goes, y'all too big to be wearing the backpacks. What is this school and shit? <laughs> and it was, dude looked like little Wayne and this hype man next to him was hyped up like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> good Lord. Hilarious, dude. Um, but that was the area we were in. It like, wasn't like Grant said, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't somewhere I'd be hanging out outside at night, you know, walking around <laughs> to, to continue with the nautical theme here. It sounds like you may have been a fish out of water a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> we didn't stay there very long. We, we hung out at your place. So tell me about the haunting though. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear. Oh, yeah. okay. So we get in there and after the first after the the first day we'll talk more about the first day because it was cool like we did some cool stuff at the market and whatnot but we come back and and quail takes the upstairs room i didn't even go up there there was one there was one room upstairs quail's got padlocks on the other door and then there's a there's a balcony that if you if he would have went out to the balcony he'd have fell right through the roof and died because there was nothing up there like it was just all rancid wood that was all like the railing was all busted up and he's like, oh, sweet. There's nothing up here. I'm like, there's no bathroom or anything. He's like, no, it's just my room. Everything else is padlocked. <laughs> padlocked. <laughs> padlocked. Real padlocks. Yeah. So we uh, we go to bed. It was hot at first. I had to crank that AC up. So we go to bed. And at around 5 a.m., we all wake up. And I'm just dripping sweat. Like, I'm sweating. Quail's sweating. Were, were you out, even? Ben was sweating. Were you even sweatier than when you were playing chaos? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was sweaty. I, I was real sweaty. And I was like, I didn't know what, you know, and then all of a sudden we heard what woke us up 
was we heard pacing upstairs at 5 a.m. back and forth. And I'm pissed because I think it's Quail. I'm like, Quail's stumbling around upstairs. He's trying to go to the bathroom. He doesn't know where he is. He's just, but it went on for like 45 minutes. And I'm going, what the hell? I'm like, there's got to be somebody, you know, is there, is there an upstairs? There's, you know, is somebody getting ready for work? Like it's Saturday. Like, I don't know what's going on. Right. So I kind of just go back to bed and I woke up on the hour after that until we get up. And then Taylor comes downstairs. He looks tired as hell. Ben comes out of his room. You know, we're all sitting in there and I was like, dude, what the fuck were you doing? Pacing back and forth last this morning at 5 a.m. What the hell's wrong with you? And he's like, that wasn't me. I'm like, what do you mean? It wasn't you. You're the only one upstairs. And he goes, no, man, that wasn't me at all. I heard it too. And I was, I'm like, is somebody else up there? He goes, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so I'm like, he goes, if they are, they're behind the padlock. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so it was coming from one of the padlocked rooms. It was coming from somewhere upstairs, but it sound, it felt like I was right underneath, like where quail, like would have been. So I didn't know what was going on and i'm like i think this bitch is haunted <laughs> so i i emailed so this is the kicker i emailed arthur the owner of the establishment the fine establishment and i was like dude is this be straight with me is this place haunted <laughs> because there's why do you ask because there's pacing going on and it woke everybody up and he goes, well, we have a we have an, an uh, a traveling nurse that lives in the other part of it. And I'm like, OK. And he goes, I'll check with her. He checks with her and she says it wasn't her. The pacing woke her up, too. So, <laughs> and she thought it was us. So she was behind one of the padlocks. She was. Yes, she was. The padlock was to the other part of the house. OK, OK. Where she lived. She was renting it because she was doing some nursing work in sure. Milwaukee. But he asked her and she said, no, I was not pacing at 5 a.m. I don't work today. Good. Lord. So, yeah, dude, I'm like, oh, well, this place is haunted. <laughs> and that's kind of the story. Like nothing happened the next day. But, you know, that was that was real interesting. The or haunting, we just at... <laughs> the haunting... <laughs> the haunting at Hill House. Or we just all passed out because we were super tired and didn't pay any attention to it. Yeah, that, that might have been it, too. Yeah. Casper but, didn't wake you up the second night. No, definitely not. But it was uh, it was stark and it was and it was haunted and it, it was cheap. That's what I yeah. put in the review. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you got your money's worth. <laughs> I got my money's worth. Yeah, we got entertainment. There was nothing else to do in that house. Had there not been a ghost there, there wouldn't have been anything to do. There was nothing in that house. So it was. So, uh, uh, yeah, so we met up Friday. We ended up meeting up Friday, went to the public market, played some games there, got some food, got the lobster roll. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, public market's a great place. We've been, some of the Chicago guys have been up there a couple times. We even did a little meetup uh, tournament up there, I think, one time. Um, yeah, it's just, if you can secure a space at that little upper deck area. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised it wasn't very busy, although we went there kind of late in the day. Um, yeah, we had plenty of space to ourselves and, um, that was cool that we went back to the Airbnb, played some games of chaos again, you know, th the place where we stayed was perfect for like hosting eight or 10 players or enough tables and everything. You could have hosted a small event up there. Yeah. Like yeah, it was we, that big. We could have hosted like a 16 man tournament upstairs at that space. Yeah. We walked in and I was like, we fucked up. <laughs> 
<laughs> rolling into that place though it looks see it looks shady as hell yeah i mean it was definitely that like reclaimed industrial vibe you know repurposed former industrial warehouse type scenario yeah because when we when we rolled up we didn't know where we were like we 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 thought this can't be it and grant was standing out on the curb and he looked like a low like a low class prostitute like because that's what the area looked like yeah like it, there it, there was nothing there you're right super industrial and then there was that dank dive bar right across the street which i don't know man i heard that was a spot but <laughs> i don't know if i'd go good spot to get in a fight maybe yeah i don't, I don't know but um so yeah games of chaos so uh you know first of all you and i had not actually sat down at a table and played since when pre-pandemic yeah dude mitten magic i hadn't it hadn't even dawned on me till later on i'm like holy shit you know yeah that was um, the last time among everybody that i'd seen you know it's like i think you're the one that i'd not seen in the longest time there yeah um, um, I would have saw magic George, at yeah, P Lupo's at area 51. Yeah. At the now deceased area 51. Yeah. RIP. All right. RIP. But yeah, that was the last time. And, and I proceeded to get my record against you is that was pretty good up to that point. And I, and I think I got the boots put to me enough to about well, even the score there. <laughs> so what was your eternal chaos plan? I, uh, had you played I, chaos before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the Knights okay. did something at um okay. a little pub in Grand Rapids. We tried it. Um and that one was really fun. I just played a mono black disc deck on that one. And there's enough really good black cards and like Crimson Vow and some of the other ones that like mid uh Midnight Hunt. Yeah. Um that you can rip some sick zombies out of there and any any discard spells way sicker than anything we could play you know, an old school other than him. So I was like, I actually did really well with that one. Sure. Because there's vehicles and stuff in that too, plus good removal. So I'm like, I'm going to change it up because I missed, I miscast on half the cards in that. So I decided to run the only multicolored deck I had put together was this Diamond Valley deck that's like four color. And I'm like, well, the game plan for this deck, I'm like, if is really just to outlast and then pull... A, you know, use a dib or pull a rook or a bomb and I can cast anything I open in this deck in this pack. So I, I rolled with that. And it was just a rancid idea. It was just absolutely terrible. I don't think I won a single game of magic between playing you and Taylor on his disgusting nether void abyss stew that he was running. I literally pulled the same naturalized type card out of that pack over and over and over again. And still didn't win. Oh, uh, you come to a or the smash the idol or whatever. Yeah, the smash the idol. Exactly. Yeah. That was the only one I ever grabbed, and I couldn't cast it because I didn't have any like. And, and then if I did play one, he played another void or First something. First of all, you didn't bring any packs for it. I didn't chaos bring any packs. No, it was supposed to be Corn City Chaos. I'm the only one that had packs. So I, I just you gave me three of your packs, and I yeah. just oh excuse me, Tim Timbo brought his heaters. He brought his like color specific super boosters. Tim had a box of cards, like a box of boosters. Yeah. And yeah, those super fat boosters that have everything <laughs> you need to like succeed to build like a standard legal deck. Like he had all that. Like yeah, he, I didn't he, even play him because it would have been a massacre. He was balling the fuck out of control on those yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. He's just cracking him right, right and left. And I was like, yeah, I want to do all these cool things. So first I run into a buzzsaw with Taylor's stupid deck, which was basically a pre-con, some kind of shops freaking nether void deck 
And then I run into you. I don't even remember what you were playing, but it didn't go well. I remember that. I was on five color ball lightning. Five color ball lightning. That's right. And I think the only successful thing I did against you was reanimate or animate dead a ball lightning like twice. <laughs> and hit me for five. Yeah. And hit you for five. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. But I was so jaded by the end of that. I was just like, I never want to play chaos here for a little bit, but it was the deck. I should have played. I should have put together like a Eureka deck or something fun like that Did that's you what taylor said he was gonna do <laughs> yeah he sh he showed up with a shops list like my shops list but added nether voids to it and then just steamrolled over people i got uh, it i got i think one maybe two wins off of him that deck was hard dude that deck was better than anything he's ever built <laughs> I was he like, spiked the chaos meetup on friday i was night. like why don't you just play that freaking deck instead of the other one you got with the initiates of the ebon hand that you yeah. always play yeah and it was a cannon though he had so much mana like it operated like a good mud deck yeah did you cast a single disharmony i don't remember now I not did. against I, against me I just, yes i disharmonied you twice okay i don't remember what i took though uh, Shivan was one of them. Yeah, I remember that now. Now that you mention it, yeah, I had you a couple. Back, I had a couple though. dragons in there. Yeah, you. Got but it was it back, mostly though. just, um, yeah, five color good stuff. Ball lightnings, white removal. You <laughs> did. You did play that rancid green dragon. That poison. Poison. Oh breath. god, yeah. That is the worst dragon I've ever seen. That shit sucked. Yeah, it's it's like a quasi death touch until end of turn. Yeah, but. Yeah, man, I I, and we, I think you actually might have beat me with that card. I can't remember. It didn't take much to beat me, though. No. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But and then I, that, I was introduced to Hopwater. That was the important that yeah. was the important part of the whole thing, because I've been giving you shit about Hopwater for a really long time. You know, when you're an old man, you got to you got to pace yourselves on these Rager weekends. And I, you know, sprinkling in a few tactical Hopwaters will keep you going. Yeah, I wasn't even hung over. I'd have been hurting had I not been drinking those. Yeah. Especially after those stout coffee stout brews that we had <laughs> the flat beer yeah yeah totally dude it, uh, was, uh, it was good though so saturday we got up did a brunch we went to the uh stenny's where the event was tell me about the deck you played on uh, on saturday did it fare better than what you did on friday uh not much better <laughs> it was uh and that's my deck like that's the deck i've been playing for a long time my disc deck yeah um which is just a <laughs> black red splash white for balance just him disco deck with burn is all it is and there's a few decks that i do really bad against and i played all of them first round first so you're round, blaming right? the you're blaming the the the, the match the matchups oh here. no dude i i got i i just got i had some bad keeps and i just played bad but that yeah. the first i ran into sam uh crollo Scummy Sam. Uh, scummy Sam on the on the buzzsaw of a um power monolith deck, which yeah. I never do well against power monolith. Like I just can't go fast enough to get to get it. And I give it was honestly it was karma because I give Sylvan Library so much shit. And I always say it's such a terrible card. And he operated that card like a G. He was taking like four, eight, twelve. I mean, like he all the games I played him, he almost killed himself with sylvan just to get the combo and i'll admit that in a deck like that sylvan absolutely wrecks me yeah. um and i shouldn't have let that stand um so he wrecked me game one i mean he didn't wreck me but i wasn't gonna win like he got the thing i knew i was going too slow and he and he, and he got me on monolith combo game two he mirrored me and that really pissed me off because 
I had him to two. I had just hit him with a chain lightning and then he popped the mirror. He played the mirror. And I was like, this is not, I'm well, I'm done. I can't do anything about this, but how he got the mirror was hilarious because it, he, he sylvaned and he took one card or two cards. Um, when he did sylvan, that's why his life total was so low. He took two cards and, but he was only going to take one card. But then he goes, you know what? I'm just going to take the other card too. Is that okay? Can we roll it back? Is that all right? And I was like, whatever. He So he did it and he ripped the fucking what he needed to win anyone. <laughs> you read the mirror. He lost on the rollback. <laughs> I lost on the rollback, but um, that was a really close game. But I, that time, but yeah, I don't know. Sam's a good player. Oh, hell yeah. He, he is. He's real good. So yeah. I, I wasn't too mad about it. Um, so then I roll into game two or match two, which was, um, I think I played Andy and Andy had that sweet deck that had no magic cards in it. Like, I don't even know what it was. I think it was like a zoo deck, but had no magic cards in it. He had like a bunch of 93, 94 cards from other card games that had the same name as magic cards. And he actually did the research and assembled an entire deck. Yeah. And sideboard off that. I was impressed. So like fireball from a different game, lightning bolt from a different game. Yeah, including these, like, there was this baseball set that's super rare that has real baseball players on it, but they're elf instead. And they were like, that's like an expensive set, he was telling me. So he had those two. His, like, stangs were those. It was some dude, something stang. It was crazy. Like, I had never seen anything like that. So I rolled them pretty good because, I mean, the deck wasn't supposed to be good. The deck was supposed to be... It's a novelty. It's a novelty, but it was yeah. a hell of a good novelty. It was never cool. Like, it was probably really never cool. Done, probably never be done again. Probably doesn't um, need to be done again. <laughs> he's making a cube out of it, apparently, but he doesn't need to play the cube because you don't play cubes. Nobody nobody plays cube. Nobody plays cubes. First rule of cube, you don't play cube. <laughs> um, and then I played, uh, I lost my next game to, um, oh man, I don't even remember now. Oh, okay. So Jeremy, one of the newbies, one of the newcomers. Uh, friend of Team Sirius from way back in the day. Um, he had an entire deck that was like planes with sharpies on them, like sharpied cards. Like the whole deck was like other things that were sharpied. Like it was weird. Um, but he was just proxied the entire deck like that. Yeah, and uh, he's just trying it out. But it was a really enjoyable conversation I had with him. But he was on UR Counterburn, <laughs> which I was like, oh, this is fun. This is going to be great. You know, so I think I beat him. I, mean, I think I think I took a game off him, but you are counter burn. I'm not racing that. He just we went to blast game two, and then you know it was just I it counter burned me. He played like three dibs, and that was the end of it. So that didn't go well. That was the last deck. I mean, that my deck folds pretty hard to blue. Like if I, if they see their power, and or their or a handful of counters, so that got me. Yeah, they just counted your disc and you're done. Yeah, that's it. Like, there was nothing I could do. Um, And then I played Danny, who I didn't know. I hadn't seen Danny since OSPB 19. Dunaway. Uh, Danny Dunaway. Yeah. Yeah, who's in the back of the room with these dark shades on, and I think he's got his poker face. I didn't know what had happened to him. <laughs> sure. 
and he told me the whole story about the car accident and stuff. And I was yeah, just yeah. Like, I haven't seen this dude in how many that many like, since before the pandemic. So I had no idea. And he's not online much. No. So he just disappeared. I'm surprised he even recognized me. So guess what he's on? The disc mirror. But Blood Moon Mono Red. <laughs> he rolls that Blood Moon out, and I'm like, this is not going to go well. Um, I beat him the first game pretty convincingly. And then he played like the second <laughs> game. He, the second game, he mooned me again. And it was close, but he played um, the Rook. The Rook eggs just got me. Because if I'm playing a disc deck and he's running Rook eggs, yeah. and I'm not, I'm only running two Rook eggs. I brought those in and out of the board. And we were just had a rook egg fight, and there was nothing like like he be, just beat me off rook eggs because I popped one, I popped the disc, and terrored something, and then he just played another rook. And now, can't you? Isn't there a baller maneuver you can do where you chain lightning your own egg, and then you send, then you pay another two red, and then send it to your opponent or some other target? Yep, that was like his whole thing. Yeah, so he's able yeah. to make a four four and dome you for three. Yep, but when That's I'm so playing, it, when I'm on a disc strategy, he didn't even need to do that. No, like, and he was running like earth controls, like he was doing the full mono red plan. And the thing is, is the blood moons really didn't slow me down too much because I'm really hard on red. Um, and I got a him off before that, before the moon. Uh, but yeah the deck's pretty heavy on like I, I decided to run it a little bit different and bring hippies back and the hippies didn't do anything i think i had i, I think i had like eight hippies killed in all my matches like no no hippies survived i don't think i swung with a single one so you lost on a rollback you lost to a sharpie you are a counter burn from a dude that had not played old school ever and was hanging out with us at the airbnb the night before and was like ah sure i'll give it a try yeah, he goes, I think this is a good deck, I heard. I was like, yeah. And then he yeah. lost to a, a mirror match. A mirror match. <laughs> and I beat the hell out of Andy's awesome spice deck and couldn't even feel good about that. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point, at that point, I was just happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> just damn glad to be there. Have a crack of oh, another twisted tea. There, there were no twisted there were no twisted teas i just watched you guys drink bloody mary after bloody mary after bloody mary <laughs> yeah yeah that ended uh, up that ended up biting me at the end um because i had a misplay um oh shit you had one more match who, who was your last match that's all i remember oh, that was I it think i just played yeah i played because <clears throat> i played andy i played i played jeremy i played sam and i played danny gotcha. that was my that was my four so I played uh, round. So I was on um, my shops list, which I've just been playing that. Not that I've played a lot of old school this year, but that's kind of the list. Ever since getting my shops back from Cam, I've just been using that for old school this year in the limited amount I've played it. Uh, round one, I played against Shane, balled him literally in like seven minutes. Now his list. Oh, Shane. I played Shane. That oh, was okay. It, dude. So that, that's a good, okay. Perfect segue. So his I list. I beat Shane. You, you beat him too? <laughs> His shame, list, I, his list yeah. was amazing. It was, it was. divine intervention dot deck. So it was a bunch of like fast mana control cards and then divine intervention. And his whole plan was to just see how many games he could draw. And if I remember correctly, uh, I believe he drew 10 games on the day. He did. I was the 10th. 
You were the tenth, the last one. Yep. We we played six matches, six, six games. games, six games, six games in that match. We we had. I I took the first one, and then we drew, 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 and then I won the last one. Yeah. So well done. By the skin of my teeth. Yeah. Actually, that one was. Uh, I can't even remember how I won on that game, but it was. Uh, I beat him to lock. I think I dissed him once or something like that. Sure. But I didn't know what the hell he was doing though. I was like, "What are you?" But he he was flipping out. He was having a good time because yeah. he, he got the whole thing, and he's like, "I'll probably never play this again." So <laughs> no, that set felt go. like another one and done novelty. <laughs> but I played worse novelties, so that that was it. That was so you you play. beat two novelty decks, <laughs> and <laughs> otherwise got smashed, <laughs> were otherwise <laughs> smashed into oblivion. Got got smashed by real decks, beat novelty yeah. decks. That's just my yeah. thing now. I yeah. I probably won't play that deck again. You're the really Spice long. King. No, nope. I should have played Blue Stew. Yeah. I, I should have been on that. I'm going to play View Stew from now on. Yeah. So I, I beat Shane in round one. Round two, who did I beat in round two? Um, another newcomer, a Wisconsin fellow. My apologies, I can't remember. But those games were all just so fast. It was like strip, play a shop, play a Suchi, I win, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Very typical play patterns. Round three, I ran into Ben and his mighty Mahamodi shins. He went like... <laughs> Black Lotus, Mahamodi, next turn, clone it. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm dead. That deck's so he, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, his dudes are just bigger, right? I like, I could make a bunch of four fours, but he's making like five sixes, right? That's just hard to stop once he gets rolled. Uh, I, um, I played him on the way back. We played old school and I played my blue stew list against his amnesia list against his, um, against his Eureka. And I think we played. 12 games just back and forth back and forth back and forth because i have um two or three control magics so against eureka you control magic or maze i control magics or mazes so i would just drop air elementals or something like that and i would just take his shit and we just went back and forth on it and i amnesia amnesia him a couple times which is pretty sick yeah that feels good yeah but anyway it's cool deck yeah no he's been on eureka forever Mm-hmm. Um. Then round, so I lost to Nick. Then round four, I played against Sam, Scummy Sam. I'm I'm teasing with the Scummy Sam, but I'm not. In, in uh, <laughs> game three, I let I accidentally I shouldn't say accidentally I did it on purpose, but it was still a it was a, a major flop. I let him uh, reb my copied Triskelion, like. It had resolved, not on the stack. On the stack, you counterspell it, right? Mm. But um, I had misremembered. Copy Artifact's one of those cards that it's really confusing, and if you just don't play it a lot enough, you can kind of forget some of the edge cases. So I was thinking, well, Copy Artifact remains an enchantment after it resolves, and it's when it's a blue enchantment, mm-hmm. right? So therefore, it can be red-blasted. Well deep in the oracle text um it when it resolves it gains the color of the object it's of the target it's copying which is an artifact which is brown not blue so it couldn't have been red blasted i didn't know that yeah so technically i could have won (laughs) that game three uh because he uh, because if if he doesn't blast he passes the turn and i can swing in for lethal uh, but you know, he, in fairness, he's like, he went to red blast. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can do that. I didn't bother to look it up. Cause as you noted, we were 
couple bloody marys deep on the day big fat asterisk sam yeah put a couple put a couple on the day yeah <laughs> so i got i got scummed out by sam on that one but i i blame myself uh then the last round so i i he and of course sam was on power artifact so i went from scummy sam to slip and jimmy so we didn't even talk about slip and jimmy <laughs> And I went to slip and Jimmy also on power artifact and I got him. Um, I he was him. on power artifact. He was. Yeah. I forgot I about that. Those games were also very tight. Came down to game three. Um, I owed him a beating cause he whipped my ass at the middle school meetup a month or so ago. So it was nice to get a little revenge there, but yeah, I had to battle both of the power artifacts in rounds four and five. So, and I, I just never like you, I never seem to do well against that deck. I've never beat it. Yeah. It's like when I play it, I never win. And when I play against it, I never win. <laughs> I've been mirrored to yeah. game. And I, and you know, I, you think I'd see it coming and I'd save something for it, but I never saw anything. <clears throat> I was really light on like shatters and I really needed a shatter. I'll, I'll say against is too slow. Uh, against, yeah. yeah, you need that little extra support, that targeted support, right? Mm-hmm. Against Sam in one game, though, he had infinite, he had a power monolith online. His only red source was a city of brass and I had icy manipulator, icy manipulator in play. And he had the fireball in his hand and I icied his city of brass for the remainder of the game and won. Oh, there you go. So I did get a pretty cool win there in game two. Yeah. Add an icy baby. Mm -hmm. I wish Uh, I had an icy. That would have been amazing. And the thing is I hemmed the shit out of Sam too. That's what kept him at bay so long, but. Sure. You know, after a while, he sylvaned into what he needed. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, shop's deck is fine. I mean, it overall played really well all day. You know, I'll keep playing it. It's a fun deck. Um, you got your shop's back, so you got to play it. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to um, throw a special shout out to the event winner, who was uh, Mr. James Torque, who had not been seen at a old school event since Madison in january 2018 so wow. after a four year four plus year layover four and a half year layover dude rolls in with a wreck wreck and torque to uh you know wisconsin fellas so there's there's a combo you'd never forget he rolls rolls in on mono red gabos 5-0-10-0 the event it just steamrolls over the competition and takes it down on, on your father's goblin list. The list was Sam. I think it was it a was very cool. similar list to what Greg Krager won at uh, the first Kumite event. Was he Would, running uh, two forks? I think he had two to fork the grenades. I think there was fork in there, yeah. I think he had at least two. I think he had two forks in that build, which I love playing that deck on fork because that's it makes the deck fun. So he had the gob- He had all the usual gobbos, Goblin King, Grenades, Burn. Then he had the Yedwin of and the Ball Lightnings. Oh, he had the Yedwin of too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. I love that. I think that card, that card's rocks. And and main deck Blood Moon. Very powerful list. Uh, that's an underrated list. I mean, you know, you can just blow someone up hella fast. And the thing that I'd learned, see, I thought with Goblin Grenade, you had to sack a Goblin as part of the casting cost. So with the Fork you don't have to sacrifice a second goblin. That price has already been paid. 10, baby. So it's 10, 10 to the dome. Not easy to get off, but yeah, 
when you do it, well, when you're playing really mono good. red, usually it's like all that red is hard. When you're playing mono red, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, I his, mean, it's yeah. still a three card combo. sexy too. On, yeah. on, 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 the photo looked awesome. Like he's yeah. got the whole deck looked really, really good. So it was, but, it was really good to see Torque back in the game. I got to catch up with him a little bit. You know, he was one of those dudes that was playing at Jaco's place in like, 2016 2017 back mm. in the day wow um like even before i think i moved to chicago i think he was coming down or concurrent like with when i first moved here how random that's oh it's yeah. awesome and that's part i mean like there's you know so it's like wisconsin has a pretty nice cachet of old school players and so it's like that's why it's it was great to see grant not only pull this event off but to see it so well attended you know it's like mm-hmm. shit hopefully they could do it run it back again hopefully i don't get COVID after the next one though <laughs> that was kind of like as at the, so the event was super fun but it's like that's shit. a tap to that's a tap to the nuts right there that's yeah. not fun yeah i don't think we did we were talking about how awesome we had how much good of a time we had and and you know, <laughs> yeah the, the weekend it was great bam the, the week after was well, not so great no <laughs> but uh you know probably that, probably that dank nightclub <laughs> yeah it was probably so bryant's cocktail bar yeah a bunch of people were fired up to go to there bougie it was really more of a date spot i thought you know what i mean like it was yeah, very oh, dark yeah. uh candle lit mood lighting oh um, man yeah i thought craft we were... cocktails kind of like that bougie bespoke element to it right yeah i looked at taylor the moment we walked in and i was like what the hell is this and we had just walked like a mile minutes or yeah. something like that yeah and yeah I, it was weird like no because when we went in no music was playing right it was dead quiet and i was like what is this a speakeasy what the hell's going on in here and then we're ushered to the back room and slid into this leather corner booth while you and shane <laughs> of all the room in the world over there yeah. were crammed into this corner so i did I didn't realize the intent was to have this massive mob of dudes like doing everything all together all night. I didn't realize it was like a, a field trip. I thought, you know, it's like, oh, after the event, we'll kind of like go our separate ways and then meet up later tonight. You know, it's like, I've been around dudes all day. Oh, totally. And so, so then we go to, we go to get supper at this pizza place. And it's like, can we get a table for 14 or whatever? It oh was? God. And it's a fucking yeah. shit show when the bill comes. <laughs> yeah, because there was because everybody ordered like their own pizza. Right. It was like personal pizzas. Yeah. So the guy looks at us and he's like, he brings one check and we're like, can you split it? And he's like, no, can't like, do that. So like, we get there. I'm like, how about we get like two tables of six? Right. No, gotta I, have everybody at one massive ass feast table. So this dude's like, like doesn't know what to do we're like it's like a 300 bill so we're like who's nobody's nobody's volunteering to pay the 300 hey that's bill. cheap for that many dudes to eat supper though it was pretty it economically was. priced and it was decent food it was solid yeah. and and homie would have made a lot more money had he you know actually done it that way um but he so we couldn't get anybody to dice it up. So we ended up, he, he ran it some weird way. Didn't he? Like he, like we gave, we were writing how much we owed on the thing. Yeah, was, Shane was crunching numbers, like an accountant over there. He's like, okay, you owe 26, you owe 26, you owe 26. We're done. And then he, we'd like hand it in. And, uh, 
we all we all got out of there and we were all because it took a long time for that to get done yeah the bottom we line is there, there was for... it was way more conf- complicated it needed to be there ended up being some leftover at the end definitely and we think we, it we was slipping jimmy split up because i mean <laughs> we think it was <laughs> slipping jimmy welch it out on the pizza price well no he didn't welch on the pizza price he welched on the cocktails oh when, excuse me when we went into bryant's <laughs> we got we got the bill and he's raving about this place the whole time with the telekinesis telepathic waiters who like you tell them what you want but you don't give them the actual drink and they bring out something that you'll like and their stuff secret and we're like okay cool um did you try the ice cream drink though no i didn't that, that awesome. one was really good no i had like that uh, one lived up I, to like, the hype I thought I had a couple mules. They were both a little bit different, but they, sure. they were really good. I don't know. You're like, could I get a gin and tonic? Yeah. Well, that's basically what quail ordered. Can I get He's a like, seven like and gin. seven <laughs> quails. Like I like gin and tonics and they like bought him a gin, gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> that's a it key like maneuver a fancy right gin there. And tonic. Yeah. yeah. In like a, in like a fancy glass. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so we're sitting there and when the bill comes for that, Taylor's getting fucking antsy, so he just goes, "Just give me the goddamn bill." He says, "I'll cover it. You guys can all pay me. Here's my PayPal." Blah 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 blah. Because you've already been through. (laughs) We've been through the whole thing, and he's like, "All right, we'll do that." So you know, we all get outside, or no, we're in there, we're talking. Everybody's starting to PayPal him, and Jimmy goes, "Jimmy goes, I can't see my phone. I will do it when I get outside." (laughs) And we're like, "We got a lighted screen, dude. I don't know what you, (laughs) you know." He gets outside and immediately bails, jumps in the car and leaves. <laughs> so Taylor's trying to get paid like by everybody. And he's like, I don't think Jimmy paid me and Carter didn't pay me. Yeah. So he got balled by Jimmy and Carter. Slipping Jimmy and COVID Carter. <laughs> COVID Carter. The dynamic duel bailed. Yeah. I actually, I think I rode with Carter. I can't remember. But yeah. we did though. We can't. We got out of the building and everybody jumped into Ubers. Yeah, like it was just mass exodus from this place. And we left and it was dark and and you know it was something. I mean that place wasn't terrible. It just wasn't something you roll into with you know thirteen, fourteen dudes. Magic players, no, right, no. But it was, so that it was that experience. that one may have been a that that may that decision may have been a little bit questionable in retrospect. But overall, pretty good day. Pretty damn good day. It was yeah. Then, then we went and back to the Airbnb, uh, the to the loft, and played more games that night. Played some vintage and against Shane. That was fun too. I didn't play any Magic. I was just playing this roll through the ages game that it took two hours for us to learn how to play a thirty minute game the night before. Yeah, Tim patiently Tim, tried Tim, to educate us. Tim brought this board game and he's like, "It's a twenty. It takes twenty five <laughs> minutes to play." And you guys were playing it for hours on Friday night. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Me, Ben, and Grant. And you started and, at like uh, 11 Picard. p.m. and went to like 1.30. <laughs> and you kept that go by like a sick 30-minute game, guys. <laughs> oh, we were here to play Magic. Watching you guys play a board game. It was a sick game. And then as soon as the game ended, we were like, we know how to play. We get what happened. And then we like didn't play again until the next night. So we played the next night. That's all we did. We played like two or three games of that, Yeah, which was a lot of fun. But then that was the yeah. But the night before wasn't even the night before was watching Grant um, demolish a twelve pack of like twisted tea, <laughs> the drive home yeah, with his short Sweet. ass shorts one right after another yeah yeah. <laughs> this is pretty good. And the reason why that twisted tea was bought though, the whole reason why he rolled into this bar this uh this uh liquor store with Andy, 
and he goes because you know grant's a distributor like he delivers stuff and orders stuff and you know <sighs> alcoholic stuff so anyway he um he goes since that twisted tea thing happened you can't find this anywhere or you couldn't for a really long time so andy said screw it and he bought a 12 pack i don't think andy even had one grant like drank them all except for the two i brought back and left at the thing little sidebar but worth it i think because that because that's how it got there um anyway no we'll never forget well any any uh parting thoughts here i think we did a good job summarizing the event the uh escapades and foibles it was pretty funny walking into the airbnb after that um the bryant's thing we got to the airbnb and the wedding was going on outside and the dude was um the dude, well, I don't know, it might have been the day before, but the guy who, I think your landlord dude, was hosing off the front of the building, like the sidewalk and the mat and everything, and, and apparently his geriatric dog pissed all over everything, and he was just hosing it down into the gutter. That was entertaining. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, I, I don't know. I, I hate that you guys got COVID. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh... Uh, you know, thankfully there weren't that, you know, I'm not going to get into everybody's personal stuff here. Uh, but yeah, bottom line is a couple folk. <laughs> I figure I was due. A couple of us got, got sick. Shit happens. You know, when you fucking go out into groups, it's, you know, for me, <clears throat> it's like, I'm usually so diligent about that stuff where I get into trouble, where I probably got into trouble here was just being around people. I know, well, you know, Mm-hmm. letting the guard down but it's like shit i'm vaccinated i'm a healthy young virile You're boosting yeah i'm boosted well yep. wasn't wasn't quite enough this time so same but, thing man I, I had it real bad in 2020 i've gotten the vaccine the boosters yeah you know and i've dodged several bullets two around quail and who actually every bullet i've dodged has hit quail so he's he's your meat <laughs> shield he's my michi but uh yeah it, it just was unfortunate that i had to go down like that especially when you're on riding a high because we were all talking about the event and how much fun we had you know, about 48 hours later oh can't breathe my you lungs hurt good. you sound good now though yeah yeah i mean it's eight days out yeah it's true um <laughs> Yeah, I'm still a little tired and my throat's still a little bit sore, but I, I've been able to get outside and walk around a little bit. I'm still going to be taking it pretty easy this week. I'm working from home part time and just chilling. The the running's going to have to wait for a little bit, huh? Yeah, that's probably going to be a few weeks before I really get back into activity again. It took me a month to get some win back. Sure, I remember. Sounds about right. But you're in better shape than I am, though. So, yeah, you're you're a runner in a and hey man, I mean really good. COVID's no fucking joke. I mean, it's like, I'm a healthy ass dude. I, I'm vaccinated and I'm just, I was sick as a goddamn dog last week. So if anybody says it, you know, it's not uh, worth worrying about, maybe not worrying about, but still take it seriously. Take wasting, it from me. Take it from me. Wasting your goddamn time. Yeah. <laughs> last week was a waste of my goddamn time. Yeah. All right, boss. I appreciate your time recording tonight. Yeah. Um, Thanks for the recap. You know, it was a blast to see you. I'll see you again this fall for a little in-person right. meetup. If I if I don't retire from if I don't die and or just retire from it's gonna be it's magic. gonna be a COVID-free event. Yeah. It's fine. So well, I'll have super immunity. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> for yeah, for real. All right. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate yeah, it. Love, love to be on here. Good night. See you.
<laughs> All right, so this is a PitCast Supplemental Pop Culture Review. Um, how you doing, Cam? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Moss? Oh, dude, I'm, I'm living. <laughs> uh, so what do you want to talk about, dude? Uh, wasn't there just a Star Wars show that wrapped up? Yeah, Kenobi. <laughs> Kenobi. Um, this is going to be an interesting conversation because the, the the last couple we've done of these, I've been really fired up about what I watched going, you know, going into this review or conversation. Uh-huh. And this one, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm a little bit down on Kenobi. Um, I guess, spoiler alert here. Uh, but <laughs> uh, it, so, yeah, I, I want to try to find some good things because there are some things that I like about it, but I actually overall, uh, you found it to be disappointing. So, um, with that said, why why don't you set up what Kenobi was all about? Okay. So Kenobi takes place approximately 10 years after the end of episode three. Um, and we, so is that, is that correct? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith. And we're left with Obi-Wan Kenobi, who is in the desert of Tatooine and he's watching a young Luke Skywalker. Um, and, and you're not really sure if it's a appointed role by somebody else, if he is self-appointed. Um, but that's that's how it starts off. And it spart- starts off like through a pinhole of this very small, intimate scene and then starts to widen out a little bit uh, in terms of the storyline. Yeah. And so the, the, the arc they, they have to build up a story to get Kenobi kind of back in action. Right. Cause he's been a hermit. He's yeah. working in a, uh, what, like a meat processing plant. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody killed a dragon or, or some sort of bean. And he's, he's just chopping it up with his knife and, you know, stashing a little bit for his, his alien camel at the end of the day. <laughs> so then old Jimmy Smith's, well, let's back up here. So, <laughs> yeah. so they, they cut to Alderaan where, a, a plucky young Leia and we're not, I don't want to do like a complete plot synopsis, but at least at least sure. do the setup here, you sure. know, a, a plucky young Leia um, gets lured off world and then kidnapped by flea, the bass player. That was hard to watch that, that part especially was, was hard to watch. You're thinking Disney got, you know, how many billion dollars for, for their, you know, for star Wars and man, come on that, that whole like setup could have been done a lot better because it's comical, right? It's not, it wasn't scary at all. You never thought like, no. Oh, something bad's going to happen here. It's like these bumbling idiots are chasing this 10 year old girl through the woods. And I'm like, Oh shit. It's flea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I'm like, okay, so I guess we're just not taking this seriously now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and is flea, you know, is he a big star Wars fan or does somebody know him and is a big red hot chili peppers? Oh, who knows? I mean, his age is solid. He got him on Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so then old Jimmy Smith reprising his role as uh, Bail Organa, you know, gets in touch with Kenobi and, you know, basically says, you know, hey, Kenobi, you're my only hope. Can you go find Leia? Yeah. And, you know. And the hunt is on. Yeah. 
So that gets <laughs> Kenobi off world. And then there's, you know, some adventuring and hijinks and, um, and so forth. And of course, it's all basically just window dressing because the only thing that matters in the show is Kenobi showing up and, and meeting up with Vader. Yeah. I mean, look, we're all Vader fanboys. I think anybody that's ever watched Star Wars that's under the age of about 80 is a Vader fanboy. Like he is, he is evil incarnate. He's power. I mean, he like, and it did not disappoint, at least to me, I, I wanted more Vader. Um, but there was some pretty cool shit that happened. First off, what did you think of the, uh, the voice act, the voiceover acting done by uh, James Earl Jones? And I, I don't know if it was actually him. I think yeah. they actually, they used his voice, but it was that, that synthetic generation. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was good. It sounded good. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if you want to jump around a little bit, but, but no, let's go ahead. yeah. So, so Hayden Christensen really impressed me. Uh, some people may not have liked his role, um, but there were some flashback scenes and there were some, some scenes of him as Vader. Yeah. And I thought he did a great job. He got himself in a good shape. He looked good. I mean, I know some of that was CGI and everything else, but yeah, um, I, I thought it was great. Yeah. So I, I'm not a prequels fan. Um, uh-huh. there, there's parts of it. I like, but overall, I'm just, I'm not a big prequels fan. Um, and, but it was cool to see um, Hayden in a little bit better presentation. I guess some of my beef with the prequels is just, I don't, I don't care for how they were made. Um, So it it was good to see him get a second chance, if you will, Um, that all of the Anakin stuff they did, Anakin Skywalker stuff they did. I liked quite a bit, the flashback stuff, Mm -hmm. the order 66 stuff was, was cool. The, the training scene with him and Obi-Wan was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And, and it's kind of interesting because uh, the, the people who wrote this, they have a story to tell, right. But they, they have clearly delineated begin points and end points, right. The beginning point has to be order 66 and, and on from there. And then at the, the end point it has to be the beginning of episode four. Right. So like you can't have Vader and, obi-wan face off and kill one of them kill the other one right and so the the storyline is like very limited into what you can do in terms of yeah that, those kind of big events and so well, i they try to introduce some new characters to yeah it's it's limited into what stakes they can have yes exactly because if the story has to be sufficiently small to have basically had no consequence on the original trilogy. (laughs) (laughs) And so while I was really fired up about, this is part of one of my beefs is, you know, item one here, we'll call it, uh, is the storyline. And this is, I don't think that they did a poor job with given their constraints. It's -hmm. just that at the end of the day, you know exactly that you're going, you know, you're going to end up exactly where you started. Mm -hmm. And it it just, for me, it kind of sucked out some of the drama. Um, you know, obviously there were some good, cool encounters, intense encounters, um, intense flashbacks, but just knowing that, um, you know, they have to leave at a stalemate of some kind and then, then wondering how they're going to tie it in so that on the Death Star, Vader says, when last we met, I was, or, you know, you were the master, you know, or what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I'm botching the quote here off the top of my head, but it's like, Everything they do has to tie into that specific quote. 
yeah. when last we met, you were the map, you know, I was about the learner. Now I am the master. Yeah. And so I, I just, I was kind of distracted by that. I mean, and, and we're going to get to that. Cause I want to cover how things ended with Kenobi and Vader um, and how I didn't like that. I felt like it should have ended a little bit differently, but maybe they felt constrained by staying so true to the, um, uh, you know, episode four, the episode three and episode four, that they couldn't change anything, right? Because everything had to make sense. I mean, if that was very important to the continuity, then, you know, yeah, that's going to limit what you can do. Um, and, I, I, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, you, you were going to, I think, bring up the third sister character. Yeah. So the Inquisitors were very interesting when, when they came in, when they showed up at the beginning, I thought it was really cool uh, the, i thought they were going to be scary bad guys because they've got the face paint and yeah. um the the i think he's the seventh son the guy with the circle on his back and the, yeah. the white hat yeah I, you know the, they they're like really they walk slowly and they have a big presence and then the same thing with like the third sister but she comes in and she's like immediately filled with rage that you don't really know where it comes from and they kind of make it um, where she's, she's, she's power hungry. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm like that it almost cheapened it for me. Cause if they would have left them like very aloof, that's maybe that's the word, the, the grand inquisitor, the guy with the white face paint. Yeah. He was very aloof and very like, I'm almost bored with finding these Jedis because I'm so powerful. And I wish they would have leaned in a little harder on that part of it. than. The, this the storyline with third sister and, and and I mean I like the twist at the end, but how she got there I I just wish they would have made her a little bit more um, in control of her emotions because I think that that would have played to the the Inquisitor's strengths. Yeah, I mean, so you know, spoiler alert. I guess we didn't do a spoiler warning at the beginning, but whatever. <laughs> you know, so the the twist is. She was a uh, Padawan, or not a Padawan, she a young, was a, youngling. a youngling and survived the attack uh, during Order 66 when the younglings were slain by Darth Vader at the Jedi yeah. Temple. She survived and she became an Inquisitor and was working her way up the ranks to try to get close to Vader and kill him and get revenge. Well... He basically, he being a Sith Lord is aware of her intentions and just balls her. I, I mean, and, and Kenobi felt it immediately. Where I remember when he, when they're on opposite sides of the door yeah. talking to each other, like he sniffed it out immediately. And I'm like, and Vader is at the top of his game right now. Like, of yeah. course, he's going to know. He's yeah. going to know everything. He's going to feel it. Yeah. So, I mean, her plot, I mean, in a vacuum, it's a cool idea, right? She's yeah, survived, she's trying to get at Vader and she's working her way up through the dark side ranks to get at him. But he just kind of squishes her and stabs her in the gut and leaves her for dead. So, so I have a note here that says lightsabers to the chest apparently don't kill people. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he ran her through and she survived. And, and same thing, the Inquis- she ran the Inquisitor through in episode two, I think. Yeah. And he and he survived. Now he may not be human and have the same organs, but she she thought he was dead. Yeah. And then same thing. Like, why would Vader leave her alive? That part to me didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, she just walked it off. <laughs> I I would. He should have just decapitated her. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I, I know I know we're bouncing around a little bit. Yeah, um, that's all right. 
her yeah. her arc, you know, it, it and then after that she she went after Luke and I never understood I didn't go back and rewatch cuz I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't understand why she wanted to go after Luke after Vader, you know, caught onto her scheme and confronted her and bested her. And not only that, we know Luke Luke Skywalker survives. So what is the point of making this like you know what cuz you're trying to tell a story around her and maybe set her up for something else, which I'm cool with that part. But why make this like threat against luke skywalker when we know nothing bad happens to him so like it, it was just it's hard to feel anything when you're watching that scene where she kind of kidnaps luke or she goes out into the into the rocks where he's at i mean i yeah. did like that she that she couldn't do it right she yeah. was gonna kill him and couldn't do it and brought him back so maybe there's some redemption for her but how did she know about luke I think that's she came across the the transmitter that had Bail Organa's message on it, and supposedly she was yeah, able to part. sniff out from that that one Luke Skywalker is on Tatooine. Luke Skywalker is her son, is Vader's son, and that Owen, the the guy who she met at the very beginning, yeah, is the owner. Like, I just that's a lot of that's a lot it, of hoops to jump through. Right? No, it was a pretty pretty big leap. Yeah. Uh, I loved Owen's wife, uh, Beru. I think Beru, it is, yeah, yeah. Being just being a total badass and grabbing that blaster and be like, "All right, let's let's <laughs> dance." <laughs> I mean, it's a far cry from her just pouring up a glass of blue milk in the original movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 took some some artistic stuff. I mean, dude, I wasn't there a scene where like Leo was like within twenty yards of Vader and like yeah. he couldn't sense his daughter's presence, and I'm just yeah. like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, so can we talk about Vader for a second? Yeah. All right. Let's let's so, turn the page. Let's turn the page uh, and get back right. back on Vader here. So so. Vader earlier on when he's walking through that village, I, I was starting to get a little disappointed because I'm like, he's just kind of choking these people and they're, 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 they're trying to do some, some cool stuff. They're trying to make him look evil. Like we already know he's evil. Yeah. It would have been cooler if he's just walking through and ignoring them because he's so focused in on following the force. And then like this whole thing where he's fighting with Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan sucks. I mean, let's let's call it how it is. Obi Wan sucks. Well, he's rusty, right? He's, yeah, he's yeah. not he's not fully in tune with the Force, and he's just yeah. rusty. And and then there's like a robot that blows up a gas can and yeah, creates a firewall. And I'm like, I, I was disappointed at that point. I was like, if that's if that's the Vader Obi Wan battle that we get, this show sucks, right? <laughs> and I think a lot of people at that point were grumbling and stuff, but then. Yeah. Then they then they came back around. No. Yeah. That then they and, got it. They they brought it home. They and, and and you know my overall opinion of the show was that it got better as it went. Yes. Is and it started to kind of move away from the caper with Leia and more toward the backstory and the history of Anakin and Obi. That's what and we want. It, That's right. what everybody wants. Right. Yeah. Uh, once they the last few episodes when they started leaning more heavily into that, it, the show improved quite a bit. Yeah. Um, um, yes. Yeah, so, so I was going to say that that planet where Vader and Obi Wan had their their last duel was mm -hmm. fantastic, and you could definitely tell they spent a lot of their money on that that whole scene, and that was well worth it because that was for me was obviously the highlight of the entire 
yeah. uh, story, but I just thought it was beautiful. And with the lighting and, yeah. you know, you could see Vader's chest and stuff. And then, and then Obi-Wan all of a sudden becomes a badass again and starts, starts whooping up and takes him down. And I, I really liked the part where they cut op- you know, Obi hits yeah. Vader in the helmet and cuts away a piece of his helmet and yep. you can see an actual makeup, maked up, mocked up Anakin under the um, helmet. You know? and, the and, vo- and the voice is Anakin then. Well, they, they did like a modulated yeah, mashup yeah. of yeah. the James Earl Jones voice and Anakin's voice, right? So yeah. the James Earl Jones voice is the processed electronic voice and, and, and Hayden Christensen's voice is Anakin the man. And they were able to yeah. blend them in a way that was pretty powerful. So, so, you know, our boy, Nick Aiello out of the, the yeah. SoCal guys. Yeah. So he does sound editing, sound work. Um, I think he works on NCIS, but I'm sure he was just getting all fired up for that scene because there's so much sound engineering going on there Yeah. that, that somebody, you know, is going to win an Oscar for, yeah. for that. I, I bet. Cause it's just so, it was so cool. Oh, but, but then they're fighting with the force too. They're throwing rocks at each other and stuff. Yeah, that part, all of that was intense. Yeah. And, and so here, here's my beef with, with the ending, right? Okay, so the ending of it is, uh, so or sorry, the beginning of episode four, Obi-Wan is in hiding. He's an old, broken man. Darth Vader is the heir apparent to the greatest galactic empire in the history of mankind. Doesn't that feel like the ending of the show should have had Kenobi losing and Vader winning, but then both walking away, just given the, given the trajectory of their lives. And so when, when Vader buried him under all the rock, buried Obi-Wan under all the rocks, I'm like, dude, Vader walks away, cut scene shows over. And, like, yeah. and then everybody's like, yeah, cause we get our Vader. And then you can see the trajectory of Vader going on to become this thing. And, and then I just didn't understand except for that line you were talking about why they felt like they had to bring Obi-Wan back and Obi-Wan wins. Um, I mean, what do you, what do you think? Why do you think they did that? Well, I, I spent part of the show just wondering when Qui-Gon was going to make an appearance. <laughs> right. So I'm like, Qui-Gon's going to be here. At some oh, like point. He's, he's going to jump in and help him and out. <laughs> I thought it was going to be down there. Yeah. I thought he yeah, was going to yeah. finally, you know, make that connection with uh force ghost yeah. disembodied force ghost Qui-Gon. Yeah. And, you know, he was going to help him out of that rock pit. Uh-huh. Um, they, you know, Qui-Gon appears later. It didn't happen. So, like, I was expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Obi, yeah, that's a good, you know, I hadn't really thought about, I hadn't thought about the, the what you had mentioned where how their trajectory at the beginning of you know episode four doesn't quite align with Kenobi because it's like you're right he's he's like victorious and then slithers yeah. off back to the desert and then just becomes a crazy old wizard you know and, what I mean and, and they, they almost took the story too literal because Vader says like Anakin's dead right and so when Obi-Wan tells Luke like your father you know Darth Vader killed your father I think they leaned into that a little too hard because they wanted to fit that in somewhere. Right. Yeah. They, that, like that was very important to them, obviously, but I'm like, it just didn't, it didn't feel right. Cause the same thing, if, if Anakin says, or Vader says Anakin is dead, then why didn't Obi-Wan just behead him and save 
how many billions of lives, right? Well, right. And that's that's a theme from the show is nobody, yeah. the stakes are low and nobody, yeah. everybody's got plot armor and nobody can die. Yeah. It's like, can People you imagine? People are getting <laughs> run through with sabers and like, you know, Vader's sitting there with the finish him sign over his head and Obi mm-hmm. lets him live. And, and the other thing, like, I don't like, I, you know what? This is just maybe a me thing, but I think there's other people that feel this way. I don't like the idea of Vader losing fights. I just don't. <laughs> I don't like, you know, he, he gets whooped by Luke Skywalker at the end of episode four. You know, he loses to Luke Skywalker again in episode six. He lost here. I, I mean, I'm just, he gets outwitted by Kenobi with the, when he's taken off of the ship and he literally reaches up into space and grabs the ship and pulls it down and then crumples the door. Yeah. Which that was, part was incred- that was incredible. Yeah. But Obi-Wan got him, got over on him again. And then, you know, the- uh, well, it's like the Vader <laughs> Vader's power level is whatever they need for that scene. So like Vader <laughs> exactly. can grab a starship, pull it down <laughs> and tear it, like up, tear the hole open using the force. Yeah. But he gets spooked by an by a red gas can like out of the Area 51 video game when it gets shot yeah. and explodes and fire goes flying. Yeah, it's like he's got armor on. He just walks through it. Yeah. Um, but it's the same thing, like him battling uh, Revo is her name, third sister, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like watching that fight, that was vintage Vader because he was just toying with her the whole yeah. time. He was he was like, this is your punishment. And that, that was um, cool because there's not a lot of dark side you know, yeah. intra dark side fighting in star Wars in the live action right. canon. So it was really cool to see a dark Jedi versus a dark Jedi. Yeah. And, and it just shows you like how overpowered Vader really is. Like he, you know, he just, he is. And, and so then you're like, well, how could he lose to this broken old man? Um, and again, like there's a lot that goes into that calculation and I understand that, but just for me, that you know vader is the selling point for this franchise and really like oh people wanted to watch the show for obi-wan kenobi but when there was whisperings that vader was coming back yeah. which they had to like that's that was the main attraction yeah, yeah. they had to build the buzz yeah and so uh, like a thing to remember about vader though is like vader doesn't have arms or legs he's right. got you know cybernetics but like yeah. Obi-Wan, you know, once he shot, once he shakes off the rust, you know, he's a force to be reckoned with. No pun intended. Like, he's well, a- well, yeah, he, he was a he was a general, right? He was right. He, he was arguably the, the strongest Jedi in the. Yeah, he was elite. Right. And so he once he gets his wits about him, you know, him him taking down Vader, I thought was plausible. Yeah. Um, It's just. It's it's interesting, like you know, and, and Vader has had to kind of learn those tactics. Yeah. Right. As Anakin, he was brash and he could rely on a superior prowess. You know, whereas Vader, he's a bit more cunning. And that's shown in the battle with the third sister. And and we talked we talked about that with Nick, right? Because we were talking about the the uh the actual lightsaber duel and how it's probably hard for Vader to to do certain movements because of his armor, because of his appendages, his, uh, his robot stuff. Like, yeah, he's not Anakin Skywalker, the, right. Um, and also the, I think the, the blade master, right? Yeah. And then like, right. And, and, and I, I don't know if it's in the new Canon, but I think in, in the old Canon, it was also like his connection to certain force aspects wasn't as strong because there was less of his body. <laughs> like he oh, literally, oh. you know, he was literally half a man. 
you know, yeah. and so he had to rely more on like primal rage to stay connected and powerful within the force because, you know, there was just so much less of his life force, if you will, because he had his fucking arms and legs. That, I mean, off. that that's really interesting thinking about, you know, the, the, the typical Vader move is the, the choke, right? Where he puts yeah. his hand out and chokes at the air. Yeah. But if you think about that, that's not his hand. It's, it's a robotic appendage. So why would he need? Because that's not part of him. The force is not in his robot hand. No, that, I mean the force. Of... The force ends at his. It ends at his elbow. Yeah, because <laughs> the so rest of like, the arm is gone. He just points the elbow at him. Yeah, right. I mean that's there to just communicate. You know, that's sure. a show. That's a show not tell type thing. But sure, sure, sure. Um, and we would be kind of rambling here. I mean, Vader was sick. You know, we're we're yeah. picking things apart, but that's just because we love Vader. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I don't want to sound overly negative, but I do want to say that I was disappointed with the music and mm. it was made even more. So Mandalorian and Boba Fett, I, uh, I forget. Ludwig Gorenson, I think is the yeah. fellow's name that did the music for those. And it's phenomenal. The music yeah. in those two shows is phenomenal. And I thought the music here, especially the opening theme really let me down. Yeah. Um, you know, we were we were kind of promised something more uh, cinematic, if you will. And the music to me felt cheaper than the music on Mando and Boba. Mm-hmm. And I realized, uh, and, and you know this, Cam, but so last week uh, I went to see Chicago Symphony Orchestra do a live performance and simultaneous live screening of Return of the Jedi. Oh, man. So the movie was on the screen and the orchestra played the score and then like there was a sound system set up that had the dialogue and the sound effects okay that's incredible but it made me realize that star wars you know you you have the main characters and everything but the the music is like a character right you have vader and luke and leia and han but the music is like just as integral of a character to to the presentation and um i i think Mando and Boba had that music and I think Kenobi was lacking it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You're saying that I can't, I can't even think of what the music sounded like. Exactly. Or, Cause it didn't make any impression. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was very stock. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm even trying to think if there was music playing when Vader and, and Kenobi were fighting, but I mean, you would have thought it was something kind of dual of the fates esque, but I mean, no, I, I'd have to go back and watch it to figure yeah. that out. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like we're kind of ripping it apart. I still enjoyed quite a bit of it. Um, and like I said, it, 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 for me, it got better as it went along. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're kind of shredding it here, but you know, it, it to back to kind of back up to the beginning is like, it's still more star Wars. It's Canon star Wars. It's, Ewan McGregor, and yeah. we had all, all the original cast people. Oh, he was I mean, great. We, we didn't yeah, even touch on him. Yeah, I mean, he he's he's a fantastic actor. Like, I I thought he was kind of underappreciated during the prequels because, like, the prequels just get shit on, and I don't think they I don't think they should for what they were at the time. Like, we all everybody who's our age liked them when they came out because it was more Star Wars. Like, it, we didn't give a sh- you know nobody uh, likes nobody liked uh, what's his face the the Misa. Misa Jaja Binks, yeah. The... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but, but like, you know. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, for me, like, 
I'm I'm a much bigger fan of the the Clone Wars than I am the prequels. Yeah, um, yeah, because there's some really cool stuff there. Um, and I I wish, you know, because I've just fallen in love with the Ahsoka character through Clone Wars, and then that was in uh, Mando slash Boba Fett. I wish she would have had a part to play here. Um, and I understand there's a new show coming out. I hope that we see Ahsoka versus Vader because then we're going to get the flip side of it, right? We saw Master and Apprentice on one side, but now we're going to see hopefully the other side of Vader and Ahsoka. And so the the three generations, you know, Obi-Wan, Vader, Anakin, and then Ahsoka, I think I really want to see how that relationship, that circle finishes. Yeah, I guess in retrospect, it would have been cool if they would have brought her in as a as a surprise appearance, surprise yeah. cameo. Although, you know, they've already dropped her in both uh, Mando and and Boba, so you can't overexpose her. Is but man, she would have fit in nicely. Yeah, and and just you know some of the some of the stuff where um, when they were in the bottom, the basement of that base. And there's all of the the Jedi yeah. who are frozen in carbonite or whatever. Yeah. It would have been it would have been cool to see somebody a little bit more recognizable. Maybe one of the ones from either Clone Wars or I know I know that they showed one that was like a very small part of Rebels or Clone Wars. But it would have been cool to see like Kia T or somebody in there. <laughs> well, Kia D <laughs> Kia D gets run through by Palpatine in the Senate chamber or not the Senate chamber the council chamber yeah but we we have no idea if those people are alive or dead in yeah. in that chamber either so true i, I just would like as fan service i mean i sure. would have loved to see luminara or somebody in there who just you know because because that's that's all that scene was right sure speaking <laughs> of fan service did you pick up on um tamara morrison as a down on his luck clone yes. trooper yes that was that was really sick cool. that yeah. was a nice little touch and another little Easter egg, uh, well, not an Easter egg. I mean, it was a, a, a scene setting, but that water base that you had mentioned yeah. where they had the Jedis in the tank, uh-huh. you know, underwater in the lower yeah. <clears throat> lower levels. That scene was extremely reminiscent of a setting in the uh, Jedi Fallen Order video game. Have you played that or not? Uh, so I haven't played that. I'm not a huge video game guy, Yeah, but I, I've heard... Um, that there's a lot of that stuff that's going to potentially tie in with the next few yeah. Star Wars series. And it, look, if it's untapped potential, I mean, people want these holes filled in. And yeah. So, and, and Jedi Fallen Order, it was a fun game. It actually had a really good story. And yeah. I think the story was sufficiently written enough or well-written enough that you could see parts of that bleed over into, you know, the Disney plus series. Cause I, I think technically video game is Canon, but it's kind of in that squishy gray zone where they can make it Canon if they want, but sure. It's usually, a you know, usually video game storyline stuff is ignored, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, so those were a couple of neat Easter eggs they had in there. Yeah. And, and I love all that stuff. Look, I mean, if it's, if it's star Wars, if they're doing weird stuff with the sound effects, I mean, when, when the uh, star destroyer was chasing them at the, the last scene, the spaceship that Kenobi was on and they're shooting and there's sound out in space. I was just like, this is so stupid, but um, you know, from, from a physics standpoint, but I like, I still loved it. And there's yeah. explosions in space. You're like this, no, that would ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this is just Star Wars, man. It's, yeah. You, it's, know? <laughs> you don't want to overthink it. Right. I mean, some of our, and like, 
look, I'm self-aware enough to know that like even a lot of my criticisms, you know, um, this, this show, like if, if, if you were, if I were 10 or 12 years old or I, or I had a 10 or 12 year old and was watching it with them, you know, it would play much differently than like me, this like crusty old dude brooding over his lifetime of watching star Wars and wanting everything to meet sure. every expectation. You know what I mean? Sure. 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 Yeah. So I, I, mean, I don't, I don't take myself too seriously about it, you know? So I same thing. And that's when, you know, yeah. If we're ripping apart this stuff, it's just because, you know, we, that's kind of our personalities. Um, yeah. I, I mean, look, I loved it. I watched it every night it was on. I watched it as soon as it was on. I mean, I stayed up late for it. Yeah. I, like, I, and I'm going to do that for Andor and I'm going to do it for Ahsoka and I'm going to do it for yeah. what God knows what else. And I'm going to stand in line. The next movie comes out. Like I'm all in for yeah, as long so, as they make it. So, so let's use that transition here. Sure. Um, so the next show I think is going to be that Cassian Andor series, you know, yeah. uh, with Diego Luna reprising his role as the rebel spy um, who's killed on um, Scarif in, yeah. in Rogue One at the end when they, yep. They it's after they steal the Death Star plans. What was what was Gal's name? Um, what was uh, Jin Urso. Jin Urso. Thank you, Jin Urso. Felicity, Felicity something. Yeah, it was the actress's name. Anyways, so the two of them after they steal the plans, etc. So yeah, it's going to be set. You know, a, another another Star Wars show set in the past as a prequel. This time as a, a prequel show to Rogue One. Yeah. Um, Look, looks like a political thriller, though, as yeah, opposed yeah. to action or what you want to call this kind of a Western action or, act, you know, action Western. Um, and I also read something interesting where they're going to do three episodes and then the timeline of the show skips ahead a year. Sure. And then three episodes and then the timeline skips ahead a year. So it'll be interesting to see what that does to the storytelling. Um. Cause I, again, I didn't, I haven't read much, um, in those eras. And so that's all uncovered territory for me. Yeah. And I, I, I think they're going to kind of show the nascent rebellion, mm -hmm. like, like from, as it's growing from like a really small network of just like, you know, radicals and, and, uh, you know, partisans and, and they're, you know, as they start to gain steam and bring systems into the fold and really start to build the rebel alliance up. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, and I, I love Rogue One. I liked, you know, it's not a perfect movie. It, 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 to me, it got a crutch in being able to tie in the Death Star Invader and all the cool stuff. <laughs> you, you strip all of that out of there. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the new characters left a lot to be desired. I did like Diego Luna's Cassian Andor, and yeah. I liked Jin or so. And I liked uh, Ip Man, Donnie Yen, as uh, like oh. the force sensitive monk. Yeah. But beyond those, oh, and what's his face as the um, uh, Ben Mendelsohn? What was his character? He was like director, Dur credit. director, credit. yeah. Be careful not to choke <laughs> on your aspirations, director. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I just well, know that. I just know that because I put it on a psychic purge for, with <laughs> Vader altered on. <laughs> <laughs> Vader pointing at somebody with his elbow. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> other than like those small handful of characters, though, there they had, you know, there were some other ones that I didn't really care for as much. But uh, I did overall like Rogue One. Um, and so it'll be cool to see what they do as a prequel for that. You didn't like Saw Gerrera with his CPAP? <laughs> Dude, Saw laid it. They laid an egg with, they laid an egg with uh, Forrest Whitaker, man.
Yeah. I don't know. I'm running out of steam. You know, sure. so Obi-Wan, you know, I'm going to grade it a gentleman's B. I think I'm grading them up on the curve to it. It's kind of like, you know, nobody did the did that well on the exam. So it's kind yeah. of like a 72% as a B here. <laughs> I, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad it exists. And if for nothing else, I got more Vader. Yeah. Um, more and, but yeah, yeah. And, and the same thing, like it's it's more Star Wars which is always going to be good for a fan of star Wars. Like people can complain about it being bad, but to me, there is no bad star Wars. Cause it, it just means there's more content for us to get. You heard it from cam right there. More content. <laughs> All right. I'm going to hit the stop button, buddy. All right. She calls me the life that I wear the David mask. I guess the stones are coming too fast for now. Bye.